On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning into Americana Music Profiles. The next episode starts right now. You are tuned in to another edition of Americana Music Profiles, brought to you by Americana Rhythm Music Magazine and AmericanaMusicMagazine.com. I'm your host, Greg Tutwiler. Let's jump right in to the next exciting interview. Randy Seedorf's interest in music started at 11 years old when his mother gave him his first guitar. He's been at it now for over 30 years, having two of his songs reach number one on the Christian radio charts. His latest single on MTS Records is called Family Tree. Randy joins us on this edition of Americana Music Profiles to talk about his new music and his musical journey. Hi, Randy. Welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you, sir. Uh, I appreciate your asking me to be on, Greg. Absolutely. We appreciate you taking the time to talk with us about your music life and your new music and, and what, what that's all been about for you. Um, where are we talking to you from? Well, I am actually serving at a camp this week down in El Dorado Springs, Missouri. And so I'm playing hooky from one of the sessions and uh, um, sitting in my car in the air conditioning. There you go. Which is kind of a treat, actually. Is uh, Missouri home? Has that been home for you? Yes. I, I was born in Iowa in a little farm town in northeast Iowa. And then we moved to, uh, to Kansas City, Missouri when I was young. And okay. So it's been, it's been my, my home base for, for many years now. I think I read in the notes where you got your first guitar at 11. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, my mother was a country music artist, and and uh, she had a radio program on a local radio station, KOEL Radio. Awesome. She was, the, she was known as the, her stage name was the Prairie Sweetheart. Oh, great. <laughs> That's cool. She wore, the, she wore the cowboy skirts and the oh, yeah. and the. Vet. Awesome. The, the cowboy boots and the hat, and uh, so we've got a we've got a boxes of, of fan letters where they would write in and request a song, and hmm. uh, you know it's just it was a different time, you know. And uh, one of the things that happened while she was on the radio is the station manager was moving the one of the big boom mics, and uh, he stepped on her guitar. Oh no. <laughs> And uh, she was on the air when it happened. You know, she was playing a song on the piano, and uh, they were moving stuff around, and he stepped on it. And So he was real nice. I mean, they sent it back to Gibson and got a new top put on it. And But in the meantime, she needed another guitar, so my dad went out and bought her a new one. And so when the other one came back, my mom said, well, hey, uh, you know, I'd shown interest in, in wanting to play, and so she said, well, you can borrow this one so you can save up enough money to buy your own. Hmm. So that was my first one. Wow. And did you self-taught, take lessons? Did she help you learn how to play? Well, that was, a, that was kind of an interesting story because my, 
my uncle was a country music artist also. And, uh, so you kind of you kind of didn't have a choice. That's where you, you were destined, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I think so. He his name was Keith Thompson, and and he he had a band that there they were a, like what you would call now a backing band, mm-hmm. a house band, mm-hmm. and so they would travel the circuit with you know Jim Reeves and Johnny Cash and the Oak Ridge Boys and uh, all those kind of guys and. Uh, whoever showed up, then they'd have to just play their charts on the fly. Hmm. Wow. And so, tough, tough job. He was a, a keyboard player. Anyway, my mom and my uncle would play, and um, I, I would sit on the end of the piano bench, and while they practiced, I would uh, learn how to play along with them. Hmm. And, uh, they'd give me pointers. Well, you know, they play that up here, you know, so... Yeah, uh, it, cool. it was a nice way to learn. Yeah, uh, and then I got a chord book and learned a bunch of chords. And later on in life, I took a few lessons. When did songwriting become part of that for you? Yeah, that's a that's another interesting story. I um, I was a teenager, and uh, um, in high school. Um, you know, one of the ways that you you try to attract girls is by playing guitar. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> and <laughs> at least at least teenage boys think that anyway, right, right, sure, right. Be the rock star, right? <laughs> yeah. So they had this variety show at, at the, the high school where I went, and, and so I played a song for that, and and I met a couple of other uh, got to be acquainted with a couple of other guys from school that also played. So that was the beginning of a, a friendship that I, in fact, Bill is still a friend of mine now. We started collaborating and co-writing. Hmm. And, uh, so our first songs weren't very good, <laughs> but, um, you know, he's also, uh, he's also an artist still mm-hmm. and, uh, and a good songwriter. And so we kind of got our start together doing that. And then, Moved on from there into playing in bands and that kind of thing. Post high school, I assume. Yeah, when I when I got out of high school, I went right to work. Um, it was just I, I grew up in a real blue collar family. My dad, my dad was a farmer. Um, you know, his brothers were farmers. My grandfather was a farmer. You know, surprised I didn't end up being a farmer. Mm-hmm. You know, but. Yeah. Uh, but you know they, uh, you know, college really wasn't in the, you know, in the cards for me when I was young. And I was encouraged to get a job and go to work, and, and so I did. But uh, on the side and on the weekends, I, I played in bands and I did the club thing. Uh, played a lot of clubs, and I continued to do uh, songwriting and play open mics and. And uh, mostly around the Kansas City area, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. so it was kind of regionally. When did that shift for you? Um, I started um, in 1993. I started really getting serious about my music again, mm-hmm. and uh, I started I started playing a lot more. Um, I started playing in church again. Um, I started leading worship. I went to I went to school and got some music training. Uh, 
to a local local college and I took uh, some theory and some uh, some songwriting courses mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, that, that just motivated me to do more um, uh, I got I got to uh, I reconnected with my high school friend Bill and we we started going out and performing as a duo uh, and doing open mics and, and playing some coffee shops and stuff like that uh, and then in in 2010 um, I started soul purpose and uh, and from there it's just kind of snowballed since 2010 we just played more and fact at this camp right now i'm down here playing for a whole week for for this camp. okay so that's your yeah yeah that's cool so at some point through all of this if i read correctly you um uh, became an ordained minister and and uh, leading worship professionally if that's the right word that's a that's a a serious uh thing uh, part of your life yeah i've uh, vocational ministry happened for me uh, in 1993. That was I was in an armed robbery. Uh, I was a victim of an armed robbery. Um, really changed my life in a profound way. Mm, I'm sure. Uh, I just, you know, faith became a whole lot more important to me than it was before then. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, just it was kind of one of those reality checks when you realize what's what your priorities are in life and what's most important to you. And, uh, so I, I, I started down that road and, and the Lord's just opened a lot of doors for me, uh, in that, in that genre of music and, uh, the opportunity to worship. Uh, and, uh, I got to be part of the promise keepers choir. Oh, awesome. Uh, so I got to sing big stadium concerts. Sure. And, yeah. Uh, you know, you know, really memorable experiences like that. Um, it just uh, it, it started my my songwriting down a different path too. Um, I uh, not very long after I put the band together in 2010, I uh, I, I, I recorded a, a record called Rearview Mirror, and uh, which was a Christian rock album. Mm-hmm. And uh, had some really really good success with that, and uh, so it, it that, that's kind of how it got going uh, with the Christian music, and uh, and it's just felt right, and so I've just continued to do it, and um, as long as the Lord keeps opening doors for me, I'm going to keep doing it. Yeah, so. for sure. Um, in 2017, you had an EP, Elevate, I think was the name. Um, and yeah. uh, some pretty good success with a couple of the singles off of that, right? Yeah, uh, Christian Radio Charts. Um, they We had two number one singles off that album, uh, Fearless and uh, From the Inside Out. Yeah, uh, that's awesome. And uh, they're, you know, it's really nice to get some affirmation about sure. your songwriting. Yeah. You know, you, you, you think, oh, well, my songs are just, you know, they're just my songs, right? And then, when people play them on the radio and they listen to them and you start getting feedback and they say, wow, that's a great song. It, you know, it really helped me with this thing in my life that I was dealing with. And, and then you understand, you know, how important music is mm-hmm. to people. Mm-hmm. You know, you understand how it moves their heart. And, you know, how it's kind of the, the 
background music for their life and all the things that they're experiencing. Right, yeah. We're going to pause for just a moment. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the interview. Do you have a particular format, formula, routine that you use when you start the creative songwriting process? Tell us a little bit how that works for you. I know every artist is different. It's always fun to let our listeners uh, peek inside a songwriter's um, journey and and uh, understand how you come about the lyrics and the process of putting all that together. Yeah, um, for me, it, um, I feel like I'm you know I'm a lifetime learner. It's something that I've always um, it's just always been easy for me. I like to read, um, so I, I'm a diverse reader. I mm-hmm. read uh, you know. A, a wide variety of authors and things like that, but I think one of the things that's probably pretty common for most songwriters is that they're observant people, right? Mm-hmm. And they're always listening uh, in the background to people's conversations, or they're making note of, uh, you know, a phrase or a line, uh, something that they might pick up from a line of poetry or right, yep. a chapter in a book, right? And that's where it starts for me. Like I'll, um, I'm working on a song now called "Uncommon Life," mm. and my my uncle passed away not too long ago. And the the pastor got up to speak and he said, "I want to tell you a story about an uncommon life." Mm. And man, I I took my phone and I put my recording device on and I whispered "Uncommon Life" into my phone. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool. Uh, so I either have my phone with me or I have a piece of paper in my pocket. And like when I used to travel a lot, I'd have a, a legal pad sitting in the front seat. And just when things would come into my head or I would hear something, I'd write down that idea. Mm-hmm. And and so that's that's where that's kind of the that's where the embryo of the song comes from. And then um, I like melodies. Um, lyrics for me are important. I want I want what I write to tell a story. Um, so I start with a melody. Uh, I write a hook, and and then I work forward from the hook. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually, write a chorus first, and then once I've established the hook and the chorus, then I'll go back and, and work on the verses and and make sure that I'm telling the story that I want to tell. Do you have a weekly, daily uh, routine around that, or is it more organic? When when you get an idea, you just flesh it out until you're you're finished with it. Well, I it's funny that you should ask that because I feel kind of weird this week because I haven't been able to do any writing um, because it's such a part of of my life. I try to do something musical every day, hmm. okay. and you know whether that's pick up a guitar or work on some songwriting. Um, I, my songs end up in different stages. So I, I have six or seven songs in process right now that mm-hmm. are in different stages of completion. And I think when you see artists that turn out material pretty regularly, um, if they're not, if they're not taking songs from somebody else, if they're writing their own material, um, they have to be pretty prolific about sure. their writing and they have to be dedicated to, to that and uh, 
I also think it's a muscle that you have to exercise mm-hmm. if you want to improve and get better at it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So if Good you point. if you look at my what I've got going right now, I've got one that's almost done, and, and four or five that are in different stages of completion. So. And and you also have a new record that's out. Um, begin again is is that out coming out? When when did that release? Um, the the first single off that released in April, and then. Um, and then in June, then we released the full album, okay. uh, first of June. Okay. And, uh, it's doing real well. Um, it's doing good on Spotify. And, um, it's on all of the digital platforms. Mm-hmm. And, um, seems to be doing really well. We've got a lot of downloads on the on Dream and uh, Family Tree has done pretty well. The the first single off the album. So, do you? Um, um, Listening through some of the tracks, it feels uh, country flavored, um, Americana, maybe with some hints of pop country. Am I hitting that right? Do you is that is that what your intention was with this record? Yeah, um, I I tried. Um, I was a rocker for a long time, and uh, my roots are country. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, I grew up, with, I already told you, I grew up with two country music artists right. in my family. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, my mother, you know, all that rubs off on me. Sure, yeah. And eventually, you know, I feel like it all rises. Who you are really rises to the surface as an artist. Mm-hmm. And, and I experimented with CCM. You know, I did the contemporary Christian thing and... Uh, I wrote that album, Elevate, for Christian Radio. Okay. And and I and it was a success in that way because, you know, we got a couple number one songs off of there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I was able to accomplish that. But begin again for me it was like starting over with my roots. Okay. You know? Yeah. And so even the song Family Tree it was about, you know, how I got started and all that. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, the songs that are on the tail end of that album uh, were family favorites from when I was a kid. Okay. Yeah, I saw the cover, My Maria. I enjoyed enjoyed your version of that. <laughs> My wife's name is Maria. Okay. There's the connection. And, uh, and she sang backing vocals on that song. Awesome. So, okay. Yeah. She's a great singer. She, she also plays keys in my band. Okay. So. When you guys get a chance to get out, share this with your fan base, what does that look like? Do you Are you going to tour? Is it more regional, local? How does that play out for you? Well, we got a couple things going. Uh, we're starting to do live things again, which uh, for the longest time here, right. over a year. Everyone, all the, yeah. Live, all the live venues were shut down, that, that kind of thing. Uh, we're booking festivals for this summer uh, regionally. Uh, we're doing... Summerfest down in Wichita. We're doing Nehemiah Fest in Smithville, Missouri. Uh, like I said, I'm doing this camp this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're doing a ministry to the incarcerated. Mm, okay. uh, so we're doing prison concerts. Uh, got four of those booked for this summer already. Um, and those are, those are very rewarding. Um, we're doing... Uh, a women's prison in Chillicothe, Missouri. Hmm. We're doing a uh, men's prison in St. Joseph, Missouri. 
uh, we're doing the federal penitentiary in uh, Jefferson City, Missouri. Okay. So, wow, that's a good run. Yeah. Yeah. So that there's some of that, and then uh, hopefully a tour um, when things get fully open. I'd, I'd like to do something kind of regional and south. Uh, I'd like to work my way down to Texas and back. Yeah. Um, but uh, like to do some smaller venues. Uh, I love interacting with the audience. Um, I love doing the small coffee house gigs uh-huh. and stuff like that. Just me and my guitar. Uh, singer-songwriter thing. Uh, it's nice traveling with the band and all that, but sure is a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, coordinating all that, right. making all the phone calls, and, and getting everybody, uh, you know, situated with a motel room and all that. Yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot everybody. of work. A lot of behind-the-scenes work in that that people don't understand that, that sit in the audience and just enjoy the end result. Uh, most of them don't don't really uh, grasp uh, what you guys got to do to to get to the stage. Yeah, we've, you know, and my my guys don't all live, you know, close to each other. You know, know, my drummer lives in Lawrence, Kansas, which is, you know, a couple hours away. My sax player lives up in eastern Kansas. And so we're we're just kind of spread out. So even rehearsals are, you know, that takes some planning to do those so so folks want to listen to the new record maybe uh even your earlier stuff and the the elevate uh, the christian album what's the best way to reach out get in touch with you and pick up your music well you can go to my website which is randysendorf.com uh, r-a-n-d-y-s-e-e-d-o-r-f-f.com and our full our library is on there. All four albums are on okay. there, um, and you can you can download right from our website, um, or you can go to Spotify, iTunes, Deezer, uh, YouTube. Uh, you can get it all there too. Okay. So good. Well, thanks, Randy. I appreciate your stories, and uh, I enjoyed talking to you about uh, how you got to where you are today. And we sure wish you the best with it when you when you get back out there. Well, thank you, Greg, and I appreciate you having me on today. And I'll look forward to uh, listening to your podcast and, and reading your magazine. I'm excited about that. Yeah, great. Thank you. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of Americana Music Profiles. Find us on iTunes at Americana Music Profiles and on the Internet at AmericanaRhythm.com. What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would I shop? Would I shop? Would you kill? Yes. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. 
In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, the Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.